Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are tuned in to the Vitamin D with Dawn Day podcast. And I am your host, Dawn Day, here to get you excited about your life so that you can live life on purpose and for a purpose. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Vitamin D, it's a pun of my name. Uh, my name is Dawn and you get vitamin D from the sun. So I'm here to shed light into your life. And I do this with inspirational insights and conversations with celebrities and everyday people like you and me. Because if you want to be better and you want to do better, then you're going to have to be able to see better. So join me on this journey of living our best lives and understanding and realizing how you are your greatest asset. What's the best compliment that you've ever received? And I'm not necessarily talking about a physical thing. I mean, although that does feel good, I'd say for myself, one of the best I've received is someone saying like, hey Dawn, I really appreciate your energy. Dawn, you really make me feel welcomed. Dawn, you make me feel comfortable. Dawn, I feel safe. And for myself, that is the biggest thing for me to feel safe around you because to me, that says peace. And when you look around at what's all going on in the world, peace is the promised land. So many things spur up from peace. And I think you ought to surround yourself around people and situations that allow you for that peace where compliments are no longer a visual thing. It's something that you can feel. It makes me think of uh, NDRE and her track Truth. 
She says, you know the truth by the way that it feels. How do you feel? Now, if your compliment is based on looks or an outer thing, that's all right too. But for me, that was a big thing because energy and presence around people are so important. I mean, we're not going to be able to exist on this earth alone. That's not how we function. But I want to charge you to make peace your priority. And having every extension of you be that of peace and joy and love. Because let me tell you something. It feels good to feel good. Hell, it feels good to feel good when everything around you ain't looking so good. And it's a beautiful thing of knowing that even when you're going through the storm, you know what they say. You ain't got to look like what you've been through. Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. Man, we got Erica Peoples up in here. You sure do. <laughs> what up, though? Sure do. What up, though? That's Detroit, you know. Welcome to my dream. Thank you. I'm a, I love being a part of a dream. I know, and I'm grateful to have been part of your dream. Thank you. Thank you. You know, well, I guess we manifested this because we're here together. Come on. You know, somebody said this quote. Uh-huh. They said, we're living the days that we once prayed for. Mm. How amazing is that? Amazing. Like, really, when we think about it, and I think that's why it's like, you know, they say gratitude is everything. Mm-hmm. It is. And the more grateful you are, the more things that you have to be grateful for. Yeah, the more abundance you attract. Come on. This is the word of the lifetime. Listen here. Abundance. Abundance. That's what we're calling for. Nothing Mm -hmm. but abundance. Mm -hmm. Exceedingly and Mm -hmm. beyond. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about this abundance, you know, we have things to be grateful for. So many. What are you grateful for? Today, right now? Right now. Oh, well, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful Uh to be alive. Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful that I just had a very successful movie. A very successful movie. And. Trophy wife. Round of applause uh, for that. Thank you. Thank you. Which everybody needs to watch. It's on BET Plus. Oh, we got a, a real round of applause. It was hey. a little delayed, Jeremiah. <laughs> Listen, we had the conversation. Come on. Come on. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes it's like that, right? You may think it's a delay, but it's always right on time. You better talk about it. Listen, you better bring it up. We were on this hike, and we had uh-huh. to tell that lady that. She thought she was going too slow. She did. This this lady was. So we so well, they had a point of reference. We were at Runyon. And there was an older woman coming up the hardest. When I tell you I've never taken the left side of Runyon, I thought I was, oh, I've done Runyon. What do you mean? We went up the left side of Runyon, which is, to me, the hardest side because it's hill after hill after hill. And it's steep. There's really no steps. That's like three hills, like major. Yeah. and sand just up there. So we get on this hill and there's an older woman. She had to be in her late 70s, maybe 80s, trying to get up the hill. And she was like, y'all just go past me because I move a little slow. And what'd you say? I said, no, you're right on time. Right on time. Hey, catch it. Catch it. Man, so like I said, I have Erica Peoples here on the podcast. Um, Erica is an actress, a poet, a DJ, Mm. an acting teacher, uh, a manifester, a a magnificent, beautiful being. Thank you. Mind you, she's from As Detroit. Are you? Thank <laughs> I you. I am from Detroit. I represent hard. Hard. I am Four. from Detroit. Yes, yes. I'm from Detroit. And uh, we didn't know each other in Detroit. We did. Met each other out here in LA at the parlor. It Rest did. in peace. You it know, did. it's closed down now. It is. We um, were actually there for the closing of it the last day. Mm hmm. Last day. Me, you, and Anton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was dope. Mm-hmm. Anton's her brother, the other 
the other half of the magnificent <laughs> people's duo. Oh, sweet. Uh, sweet. But it was so dope, you know, to talk. And even on that first day, we realized, along with being from Detroit, mm-hmm. that we both studied at Mosaic. Mm-hmm. Mosaic, for those of you who don't know. Do you remember the slogan? Do you remember the motto? Mosaic is a multicultural arts organization whose mission is to develop young and performing artists through comprehensive theatrical and, and musical, musical training. And I don't remember. And to provide high-quality high quality performances for audiences of all ages. Catch it, catch, catch it! it. <laughs> now, y'all yeah. remember, uh, you know, Jamal Mallory. Jamal was on the podcast. Jamal, you know, hey. did Jamal study? Did I just make that up that he studied at Mosaic? No, no we were in Scoop together. I made that up. I was going to say, I remember Jamal, though, that was at Mosaic. So. Jamal Mallory? I don't know if Mallory was his last name. Oh, man. Oh, I wonder yeah. if I made... Well, he's from Detroit, so shout out to Jamal. Shout out to Jamal. Shout out uh, to Jamal. But mm-hmm. along with studying at Mosaic, so you went on, like, you did really the real deal, like, training with acting. I did. I went to Columbia for a year. Uh, in Columbia, Chicago, oh, nice. in Chicago, performing arts school, and then I left there. I auditioned for Juilliard, got accepted to Juilliard, what? went to Juilliard, graduated from Juilliard, and then I came to LA. I love that you said I went to Juilliard. Then you had to make sure you iterated. <laughs> I graduated from Juilliard. I did. Did you know they have a? Well, when I was in school, they had a cut system. So your second year, which is your hardest year at school. They put you on probation if you don't meet certain criteria for for the program, meaning you could be tardy. You could be not as talented as everyone else. You could just not really be focused and uh, or they could put you on probation to make you better because you might think you're too good to scare you a little bit in a sense to humble you. And then they cut you out of the school if you don't make it past probation. And during That's the whole year, the whole year you're on probation. Luckily, thank God I was never on probation, but there were six people that were cut, kicked out of school the year that I went to school. So they did not graduate. Like what's the estimate of the class size? Like how many? So typically, accepted? typically they have 16, 12 to 16 people per class. My year had the most. We had 22 people. And then we lost six. <sighs> that's intense. So 16. Yeah. Like people, that's their dream. Like I'm going to Juilliard, like blood, sweat and tears. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And it's still blood, sweat and tears once you get in. Oh. oh. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So then you said, all right. I didn't dabble though in New York. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go to LA where the stars are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that kind of happened. Not really. Okay. So I graduated from Juilliard. I stayed there because I did a lot of Broadway, off-Broadway and Broadway shows. I did a, it was supposed to turn into a Broadway show, but they call it off-Broadway. And so I did a lot of theater when I first graduated. And I traveled around a lot. In fact, I did uh, Joe Turner's Come and Gone Come with, uh, by, directed by Delroy Lindo in California, actually. I did that at Berkeley, California. For three months. It was the best time of my life. Best job out of school ever. Del Roy Lindo was amazing to work with. I learned so much from him and he's so passionate. And to see him as a director and know him as the actor that inspired me and then to work with him as a director was just an honor Come on. Uh, and a privilege. But then I did, I did an episode of Law & Order and then I also did a couple of commercials 
in New York. And then I decided to come to L.A. Okay, so before we get to L.A., since we've now you're booking gigs and stuff, mm -hmm. do you remember what it felt like, what you were doing the first time you either saw yourself on television, mm. heard yourself yeah. on the radio or television, like the first time you experienced your work? Yes, I do. Um, the first time was Law and Order. <laughs> and that was, that was a hot mess. It was a hot mess because literally... I think I had decided I wanted to cut my hair. It was the first time I cut my hair, which most of you don't know. My hair is, is normally short when it's not in braids. And I cut it right before, right, like the year before I graduated. And I was going through this weird hair stage, right? So it's like my hair was like kind of perm, not perm. I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to find myself, trying to figure it out. And I booked Law and Order with this hair. So the first time I saw myself, I was like, yikes, we're not going to do that again, right? Uh, but it was exciting because it was it was my first time seeing myself on screen. Mm -hmm. And at the time, Law & Order was one of the biggest shows. So that was kind of your rite of passage coming out of Juilliard was, if you make it to Law & Order, you made it. Wow, and you did that. Yeah. There's something about accomplishing goals. Hey. Staying focused. It is. It, is. it really is. You know, what's interesting is, though, staying focused and accomplishing your goals also, I, I, this has been coming to me a lot, staying in the moment mm. and being present and enjoying the journey is just as much as important as it is to accomplish your goals. Because once you accomplish them, you still have more goals. So you're like, yes, I did that, but I'm trying to do this now and I need to do this. But if you're like, wow, this is happening right now and I'm going to sit in this and live in it and even when it's not happening, I'm going to live in that because I know that it will happen. Yes. You know? It's so a beautiful thing. Like it's my, beautiful thing. Um, my former barber, Louis T. Mm -hmm. Powell. Shout out to Lou. What it do, Lou? He says, mm -hmm. Dawn, the mm -hmm. journey is the experience mm -hmm. and the experience is the journey. Mm -hmm. That is very true. You know, I was told in school over and over again that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And that just reminds you to Slow down a little bit. Yeah. Stay, keep running. Don't stop running. But know that you got, you may have some ways to go and that's okay. So you need to pace yourself to make it through that journey. Because mm -hmm. if you try to sprint to the end and you still got 20 more miles, you're going to fall out. And then if you're not being present, you're going to be so caught up on looking so far ahead and then psyching yourself out versus, okay, one step at a time. They say, what's the fastest and the best way mm -hmm. to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Mm, I've never ate an elephant, but I'd love to try it. Well, it was like, <laughs> nah, I probably have eaten like an elephant before. All right. So, uh, all right. So you booked Law and Order. I did. And then you 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 skirtled your way over L.A. Now, did you come to L.A. with a job or you would come seeking a job? So the thing is, for me, I'm led by my intuition and I'm led by God more than anything. And for me, no, I did not come here with a job is the answer. But I did feel like I needed to be in L.A. And I felt like it was time. We were told coming out of Juilliard, especially when you do a showcase, you do a showcase in L.A., showcase in New York. And that's when all the agents and all the casting directors, directors they come and they watch you. And they're like, we want this person. You did great. You get, a, you get an envelope at the end of your showcase, which is very scary and embarrassing. Because if you have a small envelope, guess what? Nobody wants to see you, right? You have a big envelope. And everybody's that you're the one, you're the prize, the choking, token child or student. So anyways, long story short, I left New York 
and I had a boutique agency and a very big commercial agent. I was signed with Abrams and leading artists. Yes. And I was booking commercials and I was doing well leading artists with theater, but they didn't want me to go to L.A. They told me that if I went to L.A., they would have to drop me, which means I wouldn't have an agent coming to L.A. And I said, OK, it was hard. It's a little scary, but I felt like I needed to go to L.A. I just felt like it was time. So I had a job. I was working at Dizzy's Jazz Club. Dizzy's? A, Dizzy's Jazz Club. Where is that at? It's in, um, it's kind of uh, Central Park. It's in the, the oh, tower. Oh, this is New York. New York. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about in New LA. York. You were working in, in New York. Okay. And I bought a car for $500. My dad found me this car. Now, this car was your typical, like, Jeep, hoofty, made a loud noise when you turned it up. Like, the side door was bent in. I didn't give a, excuse my language, I didn't give a fuck. I was going to L.A., and I just needed a car to get me there. Hey. So, I said to my money, my friend, who I went to Juilliard with, shout out to Max. Thank you, Max. Hey, Max. Had, um, had an extra apartment. And he was trying to rent it. He had a room for rent in his apartment. And he let all of us know on like a Juilliard chat. Hey, you know, I got a room for when anybody in L.A. want to come in. I said, I want it. I wasn't I didn't even leave New York yet. I said, I want mm-hmm. it. I sent him the money like two months before I left. I was just paying rent over there to keep my place, to secure my place until I could save up enough to get from L- from New York to L.A. And so I saved up. It wasn't a lot. I think I saved up like six thousand dollars or something. I thought that was like enough. I didn't know. I was young. You just taking one step at a time. Right. I just needed to get here. Right. Come on. So so I got in my car, drove. My brother actually drove with me. He didn't move at that time, but he rode with me. And we drove from New York to L.A. Two-day trip. Two days? Two days. Y'all did not bust it in two days. Y'all busted it out in two days? Two days. Because there were three of us, my brother and his friend. Okay. And we took turns. Like, one person would sleep, drive. Fall, get sleepy, next person drive. So we just kept rotating. I heard the hell out of that. And we made it in two days. Got here, got into my apartment. Next thing I knew, I had to get a job because my $6,000 was already halfway gone, right? My little $6,000 was halfway gone. So I literally... So it's a car in a U-Haul? What you got? Just my stuff in the car. It's no just U-Haul. in the Jeep. Just oh. like packed up bags, like got rid of my apartment, left the furniture. In fact, I left my apartment to a very close friend of mine, Miss Jessica Betts. She was in New York. That's where I left my apartment to. And I said, I'm out. I left. And I came. And then I had to get a job because I, it was expensive in L.A. Not that New York wasn't, but it was a different kind of expense. And so, because now I had gas, now I had insurance I had to pay for. Now I had my rent I had to pay for. I don't think I've ever told this full story, by the way. So this is, this is like foreshadowing or Going back, I don't know what you call it. So anyways, I got a job at Wolfgang Puck as a waitress. That wasn't enough, though, because they didn't pay as much as they pay in New York. I was making like $500 a night in New York as a waiter. With tips? With tips. Here, I've made like 150 if that. Oh, God. On a good two days, right? Oh. And you got to share your tips with everybody. Oh. The difference is you get paid hourly, so... I made more hourly, but I didn't make more on the daily. Bottom. Right. So I remember, and I'm going to make this story short. I had to get a job. I get two more jobs. So I was working at Wolfgang Puck. Then I got a job at Kitchen 24. And I worked the overnight shift. 
So I would leave from Wolfgang Puck, go to Kitchen 24, work from 9 p.m. till 9 a.m., get up, and then I found a job dog sitting. And then I found a job working with babysitting. So I had like four jobs at one time just to maintain. Wow. That's why I be telling you, don't tell me it's not possible. Right. Because this is how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? And you'll know your desires and your wants based on your choices. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it's also faith more than anything because Mm. I couldn't really see, Mm. but I could see Mm. what was for me. Mm. I knew what was for me. Mm. I was just like, okay, this is what I got to do for right now until it happens. That's so important. You got to have a vision. Yeah. And, you know, I I share this to everybody and Mm -hmm. I, I remind myself all the time. Don't let what you see make you forget what God said. Because mm. if, if it's put inside you, it's inside you for a reason. Mm-hmm. God isn't slow to tease. Mm-hmm. He doesn't tease to take away. There's nothing that you're lacking because it would not have came to you. That part. That whole part. But you got to stay committed. What are you willing to do it for it? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? Well, here's this. God said he will make you uncomfortable in order for you to grow. Hey, they say I asked God to grow and it started raining. Hey. <laughs> that means you planted the seed and now it's time for the harvest. But what's it going to take for that water to come? Mm. And what that looks like, it can't be actually the form of literal tears. Yeah. It's a cleansing. Mm. It's a washing away. That's huge. That's huge. And trust me, I did a lot of crying. Yeah. Yeah. And go ahead. No, you did some crying and what happened? I was going to say, in fact, the night before I got true to the game, I was on my knees crying. I had a breakdown. A breakdown because I I had left L.A. at that point, moved to New York, and I moved back to New York. Oh. Moved back to New York. How long did you stay in L.A. before you left for New York? Oh, seven years. Okay. Seven, eight years. And I was doing, you know, I found an agent. I went to acting classes. I found an agent. I was... uh, a manager, sorry. I was getting callbacks, but I wasn't booking anything. And I was like, why am I staying here? I'm going to just go back to New York where everybody, you know, they love me. And I was working. Go back to New York. My friend was living there. Moved back to New York. And... You moved back here with Jessica? No. Actually, Jessica had moved out somewhere else. She was still living in New York, but she moved somewhere else. And then I moved with my friend. Now, she, was she playing? Was she doing music or was she acting? Oh, she was doing music. Okay. She was doing music. Okay. We actually met through Mona Scott. She was doing music. Mona Scott Young. Mm-hmm. Okay, dope. Another story. Another day. Okay, yeah. Another dollar. Okay. So I'm back <laughs> in LA after seven years. Yeah, moved back, went back I mean, to New, New York. York. New York. And I said I'm gonna. I said I wasn't gonna work. I was gonna put my whole entire faith into my career at this point, point. and I was gonna figure it out. But it was only gonna be through acting that I was gonna make money. That's what I said. And it was hard because I wasn't making any money for like a month or two. But luckily I had a friend who was looking out who let me stay with him until I can get on my feet, you know. Um, but anyways, I had a breakdown. I was crying and I was talking to God and I said, you know, what has God to give? Because I need to, I need a door to be open. I need, I need something. I need some help. And I thought I was doing everything. I was fasting. I was, you know, I was putting my all into this. So it has to work. And nothing happened. And then I got a phone call that same night from my friend Country calling me to get me in touch with Columbus Short because they couldn't find me. And we were friends. We were all friends. And anyway, so he calls me 
I get a hold of him and he says, I have, I feel so honored to be a vessel of God and give you this opportunity. <laughs> Real life. I couldn't, I couldn't write this. It's a movie. Real life. This really happened. Really happened. I said, okay. He said, I've been trying to find you, but I have this role for you. I have this part that you're perfect for. And I'm going to put you on the phone with the producer so that we can get you out here. The producer was Manny Haley. Manny got me on the phone. He said, yes, you know, this is, you know, Manny talks. He said, hey, hey, how you doing? You know, I said, hey, he said, um, Columbus has been talking about you. I'm going to put you on a plane right now. I just need your date of birth. I need your, your name, full name, date of birth. I said, okay. I'm like, is this really happening? And Columbus gets back on the phone. He said, you ready? I said, I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready. 30 minutes later, I had a plane ticket. <laughs> To come to L.A., come back to L.A., came back to L.A. on the plane, had no idea what I was going to audition for, what I was going to see. I just knew I was ready. I knew I asked for mm -hmm. it, and God said, God said, and I said, yes. Yes. Got on the plane, got here, Columbus picked me up from the airport, and he said, we're going directly to the director's house. Now, get this. This is the funny part, too. I said, okay, what's the movie about? <laughs> like, what am I doing here? You know? Um, and so he said, it's about this girl. It's a book. It was based off a book. And it's a bestseller. And Terry Woods wrote it. And yeah. you're going to be the lead. And Vivica's in it. And it's going to be great. Just trust me. Just trust me. We're going, we're going to go to the director. So I said, okay. Fine. Ready. I'm with it. Get to the director's house, which is Preston Whitmore. Preston is from Detroit. What up, though, Preston? What up, though, Preston? I did a cold read for Preston. I'm, I'm just not even knowing what's going on. Just, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. They say if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. That part. So I read the cold read. He said, I like you. I'm going to send you to Manny right now. Send me to Manny. And I met Manny in person. Manny looked me up and down. And he said, okay, I like you. I'm going to send you to Leah Daniels. Leah Daniels. I've auditioned for her before, but this will be my first time like really being introduced to her. So I go straight to her, reading the sides on the way. Reading back with Columbus. Columbus and I are in the car going back and forth on these sides. Like, you got this, you got this, you got this. Fighting for me, you know? We get to Leah Daniels. And we go in the room. And it's like, it's on. Cameras are on. She's ready to see what I got. We get in. Columbus is like, you got this. We get up. I'm sitting down. There were two other people. I can't remember who they were. But there are two other people in there auditioning as well for the same movie. And... I was just, I just remember I was sitting there and I was just patient, put the sides down. And I just sat. Then they asked me to get up. Then I got up. And all of a sudden, the director, Preston Whitmore, Manny, and Yolanda Haley, who is Manny's wife, walked in to watch me do this audition. <laughs> this is, this, this doesn't happen like this. And in real life, that's not going to happen, folks. But this happened to me. So I was like, okay. I didn't feel intimidated. I just knew I had to tell the truth and do my job. I did it. Tell and, the truth and do my job. Right. <clears throat> I did it. They were a little, little impressed, I could tell, but they tried not to show it, right? So then two days later, they, they wanted me to come back in again and read again and read again. And I was just like, so do, you know, I, I was talking to Columbus. I'm like, so do I have it? Do I not? He's like, no, you got it. You got it. You got it. Trust me. Trust me. And then he was like, we're going to work this. We're going to work it from every angle. So we went to, I believe it was Yolanda's birthday. And everybody in Black Hollywood was there. I mean, you, 
you name it. I'm walking in with Columbus and all of these people just hanging out. Mona Scott was there. Everybody was there. So I'm, I'm walking through. He was like, you just walk in like Gina. You are Gina. Hey. Last hey. Right? So we walked. I know the story is really long, but I'm ending it now. I'm getting to the end. We walked in, did that. Next thing I know, Columbus called Leah Daniels and Manny, and they said, I got the job. <sighs> Not even a week later, we were shooting. That's a quick turnaround. And it turned out to be a trilogy. True to the game, one, two, and three. Now, where did you meet Columbus? Did you guys study at No, Columbia so so I met Columbus actually not too long after I moved to LA, which is why The first time. The first the first time. The very first trip, my my intuition told me it was time to go. Came here. I was uh I met him through mutual friends. I literally I this I remember this. I was looking at I can't remember if it was scandal. Or stump the yard. It was one of them, but I remember watching him and I remember looking at him specifically and saying, I want to work with him. Oh, wow. You claimed it. Hey, manifestation. Like, I was like, he's good. Like, he's good. I want to work with him. I promise you, maybe it was a day later. It might have been that same day, but he came over my friend's house with another friend. And we were just hanging. They were just hanging out. Like, and he didn't notice me at first. <clears throat> and then I remember we were sitting by the fire. Then all of a sudden there was this really strong connection. It was just like, Zhoo. and him and I connected and we saw each other. When, we, when I say saw each other, I mean, we saw each other's spirit. So was, there was a deep feeling of like, we know each other, you know? So from that moment, from that day, we stay connected and we were just friends. He would see me, you know, going to acting classes. He would always say, you know, I saw you putting your thousand hours. So I knew it was you deserve this break. And so we were just we were friends and we and he respected that I was from Juilliard. He respected, you know, the craft. And that's how it happened. Wow. Yeah. And that was a big moment. Like, would you say True Said the Game really uh, changed the, I shouldn't say trajectory, but maybe the trajectory of your career? Completely. True the Game changed my life completely because it was the first time, Manny was the first person to give me an opportunity to be seen. And the movie, because it was a book that was a bestseller that Terry Woods wrote, and shout out to Terry Woods because she's amazing. Yes. Um, it was a bestseller, number one bestseller book. So it already had a fan base. Mm. So people were already, people already knew about Gina, which was, which is what was very smart for Manny to take on that franchise. Um, so when I did, when I did play Gina in True to the Game, people were like, let's see what she can do. <laughs> Who is Gina? Right. But then they fell in love with Gina. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with Gina. I put my heart into Gina and that built a fan base for me mm-hmm. that to this day is probably one of the, I mean, my fans are diehard, beautiful fans that make sure I'm okay, that put up posters and pictures every day. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. But they, you know, even people I asked, I've seen the movie, they've watched it three or four times true to the game. So it changed my life. And you mentioned uh, the other day, didn't you say something about 
Aren't you getting an award for it or something? Yes, actually. So I was nominated in uh, Amsterdam for the International Film Festival. And so I, I was nominated for Clap Best for Actor. that. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, yeah. clap. I like these claps. Let me say something funny. Just clap. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was nominated uh, for Best American Actress, mm. which I actually won two years ago. Oh, wow. The same comp- the same film, um, International Film Festival, for a movie called Fall Girls, which is amazing. That's another BT original? Yes. Awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love your work. Thank you. And then you were also on CW, All-American. I was on All-American. That was the fun. That was my favorite. Yeah. Oh, because I got to play the villain. And the villain, everybody loves and hates the villain. And that was the best part. You know, I got to come on there and just kind of like scare people and be a (laughs) badass. And like, I was the one you didn't want to mess with. I was Mo. And I came back to avenge my brother's death. And at the end, I got to shoot Coop. So gangster with it. Bop! Shot her. (laughs) Shot her. That's amazing. Yeah. Gratitude is everything. It is. It is. And, and, you know, gratitude, living in the moment and like receiving life, just being present as present as you can, because every life experience is going to be an experience that adds to something else. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we're going to add on this well, Mm -hmm. but we're going to take a quick break. Please. When we come back, we're going to be talking uh, a bit about Trophy Wife Mm -hmm. and it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And I want to talk about um, your movie, your character, also um, your experience with mental health, as well as in the um, acting community. All right. All right. So we're going to be back. Let's do it. Let's Erica Peoples it. is in the building. Catch it. In the moment. No. What up, though? No. What up, though? Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots. 
the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is your girl, Shirley Strawberry. How you doing? Hi, everybody. This is Jasmine Burke coming to you from the Vitamin D with Dawn Day podcast. You call her Dawn Day. I call her love and light. Keep shining, Dawn. Keep shining. Great people do things that everyday people, people don't, don't do. do. Hey. if you want to be great. Hey. And I want to be great. I, I heard the hell out of that. Why be good when you're supposed to be great? Hmm. Because most people don't know how to be great. Ain't it just being? Like, we are human beings. Just be. That's the, the thing. You just can, be. You can just be, but you can, you, sometimes you got to add something after that be. Like, just be great. Mm. I means you you can't just be you got to do something with that yeah you know what i mean does that make sense yeah faith without works is dead mm. you know that's what it says that's what the word says wow erica peoples so um <laughs> we just celebrated the release of your new movie we did on bet plus amen trophy wife trophy wife Trophy wife. Amazing. And um, <clears throat> you had a private screening out there in West Hollywood. Dope-ass mm-hmm. mansion. Thank and, you. And um, you. you shared the story of how you got the role and uh, talked about, we saw the film and had a chance to witness this character mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who was uh, dealing with mental illness. Yes. And My character's uh, name was Tony. Tony. Tony was a trophy wife. And she was. Mm-hmm. She was on prescription drugs dealing with mental health. Mm. issues yes and what's interesting even getting to tony that was a blessing in itself to get casted for that role right yes 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 so once again (laughs) (laughs) here we are i was uh talking to god one day i was talking to god one day and uh talk to god often i talk to god often. i like to keep that communication open i do Mm -hmm. i do but sometimes it's you know sometimes it's a little louder than others and i'm like god can you hear me? Well. Uh, but I said, God, I need a breakthrough. I need a door. I need you to open that door for me, please. And I was charging my car at the time. 
because I drive a Tesla, so you, I charge it. Uh, and I got a call from my agent, and he said, I got a role for you. And I said, great. He's like, but you would have to be on a plane tonight if you decide to take it. I'll call you back. I'll let you know. So I was like, oh, what is this? Yes, yes. He's like, okay, but you're going to be the lead. And all right, you got the part. So well, you already had the part before you got out there? No. So he, he told me that he called me to give me the information about it. And then he confirmed it maybe five minutes later. Okay, so I had to be on a plane that night. That night, not the next morning, but that night. So I'm rushing. I rush home, get all my stuff together, get to the airport, and I'm flying to D.C. to do a part that I have no idea what it is about. I just know that the actor who was supposed to play the lead dropped out last minute for whatever reason. Blessing, maybe it was just meant to be. Maybe it was just, you know, my time. I don't make mistakes, clearly. Okay. It was yours. It was mine. So I get on the plane. I have no script. Oh, my God. Wait, what? No script. They probably sent it to me, but I was on the plane at this point. How am I supposed to get the script? When are you supposed to film the movie? The next day. The day that I got there, I was filming the following day. Oh, And I literally was supposed to film that day because that's when it was scheduled to shoot. But they had to push it back because they had to get another actor. Last minute. It was me. Production was in full sc- full swing when this person dropped out. So here I am. Here we go. And so I get, so I'm on the plane, no scripting. So I just decide I'm just going to re- relax. When I get it, I'll get it. And I got to the hotel. Literally, literally, they took my hair down because I had braids at the time again. Took my hair down and said, we're going to figure out your, your look. We're going to take you on set to meet everybody. And then start shooting in the morning. I got the script that night. Read the script. Shot in the morning. That's Listen. that Juilliard training right there that you can do something overnight. I definitely credit credit that to my training because I was completely engulfed in the script and focused. And I had the tools that I needed to be able to like repair and put it together. Yeah. And I'm just thinking to myself like, Like, how do you even prepare to, I guess, present and show up as somebody who is dealing with depression and anxiety? And and the thing is, is that the depiction that you did is so accurate because women are twice as likely as men to suffer from a mental illness. And that's from the CDC, the Center of Disease Control. I didn't know that. Give me that one more time. It says from the CDC, it says that um, women are twice as likely than men to experience depression. Wow. Let me give you another statistic. According to Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance, DBSA, 17.3 million American adults have depression. Mm. And if you look at it, that's what? 7.1% of the U.S. population. Wow. I know, right? That's scary. It's real. But I think that's important that when we talk about representation, that people can actually see not only how it affects the individual, but the people around you. Mm-hmm. And some of the stigmatism, because sometimes even dealing with that, you're trying to figure out what's going on with yourself, trying to seek out the right support. And then you have people that may not be supporting you the right way and kind of veering you off because there was a conflict with family members that were throwing things your way mm-hmm. and figuring out how to navigate. And it was like a real life experience to be like, 
what that truly looks like and what that can feel like for an mm-hmm. individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, you know, they say art uh, imitates life. Do you or have you ever had any experience with depression? Me, myself. Or anxiety? No, well, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I mean, there definitely were times where I felt depressed when I wasn't working. You know, I think that it took it took real work on myself on a daily basis to make sure that I didn't go into a deep depression. Mm-hmm. Meaning like IE meditating yoga. Yoga was one of my big things that saved my life just saved me in general because it was an outlet for me praying, going to church, whatever that was, running, exercising. But I did um, have a best friend who dealt with mental health issues and depression. And he actually passed away. And his name was Nelson Ellis. And from True Blood. From True Blood. Yes, yes. That was your friend. My best friend. My very best friend. We talked every single day. And what was was his illness? The godmother of his child. Well, I mean... He wasn't diagnosed bipolar or depressed, but he was very depressed. And a lot of it, I think, I think the biggest thing was we're taught, and he went to Juilliard as well. A lot of us actors are taught how to become successful, but we aren't taught how to be successful. Mm. And I think there's a challenge and things that come up when once you're in the limelight. And once you have all this money and you're pulled on by in so many different directions and people are talking about how you look and how you act and, you know, you're validated by a yes or a no from someone else. You know, that is what acting entails. You audition and it's either a yes or a no. And that can in and of itself can like be mentally crushing, you know, or crippling in a, in a, in a lot of ways. So... Um, I think he he had a lot of demands on him. He was one of the first in his family to become very successful financially uh, and also, you know, visibly. True Blood was a number one show for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the, the leads of the show, one of the biggest characters. And so he was pulled on a lot by people in the industry, by his family, people asking for wanting things and asking for money and constantly this. And he was also battling, dealing with his sexuality, which also can cause a, a very high mental, uh, emotional state. I'm glad you said that. I have a statistic right here. First what of all, it? one out of five adults in the U.S. live with mental illness. And then on top of that, just talking about the LGBTQ plus community, According to the APA, the American Psychiatric Association, reports that LGBTQ plus individuals are more than twice as likely as heterosexual people to have a mental disorder in their lifetime. Mm. That's a different kind of pressure. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially for us as black women, black people, we are very, very, most of us are very, very religious. Mm. And we are taught in church a lot of churches, they preach this. Homosexuality is wrong. You're going to go to hell. It's a lot of pressure on someone. Yeah. When you don't even know if that's true. You know, I do believe myself that um, God is real. And your relationship with God is your relationship with God. You can't force your relationship on anyone. Mm. And I do believe that love is real. And you can love who you are entitled to love whoever you love and there there can't be any wrong in love. Have right. you known anyone to die from loving? 
Have you known anyone to get hurt if they love? Mm. No. So, you know, our we our society, and sadly, has a lot of stereotypical stigmas that we put on our people that are unnecessary. And so we go around, we walk around like we're supposed to, men are supposed to be very manly and women are supposed to marry a man and have babies and that's the right way of life. But whose life? Right. Who are you living for? <laughs> right? Because you're the only one that's dying. At the end of the day. Which is why I think it's beautiful that we have people like Jessica Betts and Nisi, like, you know, these these Janelle Monet people who are not afraid to be black and be proud and love who they love because it needs to be seen. You know, a friend of mine, Kiva Clark, now I'm just going to take a snippet of her quote, but she says, you cannot be what you cannot see. Mm. Yet when you have things like the do not say gay bill down in Florida. What is the do not say, say gay? I mean, so I know basically it, is, it was with the children. Um, I think it's K through eighth grade, Jeremiah, remind me. K through eighth grade, that they are not going to teach uh, sexual orientation to the children. And they, I guess they feel that that's something that parents should do. So just like if there was Mother's Day, Father's Day, any type of holiday, you're seeing the cards, you're seeing the pictures. Well, we live in a diverse world. Mm -hmm. We realize that everyone is not the same. Every family unit. And just as much as African-Americans have fought to have mm -hmm. a visualization of them, mm -hmm. just as much as women have fought to have a visualization of themselves, why not have people who represent different sexual orientations have a representation representation of who they are. Mm -hmm. And on top right. of that, you know, <clears throat> Jeremiah was just saying that if children are to bring up topics about sexual orientation or sexuality, teachers are required to bring it up to their parents. But whatever case, we're shutting this down and not giving the possibility. And I can only imagine how suffocating that is. And as I understand, you are a member of the LGBTQ community. I am. I am. How does it feel? Or how, what responsibility do you feel that you have um, <clears throat> to show up as you are? Um, you know, I think I think that's just it for me. I don't feel like I have a responsibility mm. to show up for who I am in my personal life. I have a, I, but I do have a responsibility to myself to tell the truth. And to live in my truth. Well, what does that mean? So for me, for that, what that means for me is that if I love a woman, I love a woman. And I'm not going to pretend that I don't. You know, if I love a man, I love a man. I'm not going to hide it. But I'm also not, I don't feel like I need to like showcase it for anybody unless I'm showcasing it for myself. Mm. If that makes any sense. So I feel if I have a responsibility, it is that I live in my truth. And... I allow people to see that you can fully be yourself, you can be successful, you can do what you love, and you can love who you want to love. Mm. And it's okay. It's okay. I think even for myself, like it took people like a Queen Latifah just to have a representation of just a plus-size curvy woman and just being... Mm. Just being Dawn, I think I've always, I've been saying this as of lately, like I just want to make room for myself mm -hmm. because I can't imagine if I saw somebody that looked like me, like what that could have been like. And like you said, it isn't a thing, I guess, where it has to be on a billboard and it has to be shouted out, but to know that you exist. Right. But if I did want to <laughs> shout it out, that should be okay, too. Mm -hmm. You know, um, 
when you say I'm a part of the LGBT community, I I am a bisexual woman, but I lean more towards women. And I think that is my truth because that's what I like. It's what I love. But it doesn't discriminate towards any one sex. But it shouldn't be, I shouldn't have to identify with anything for anybody. Mm. Like, can you just be you? Like, can I'm I just Erica. Be? I'm, I'm just on. I'm just, just Erica. Yeah. Now, once I get married, I feel like that's different. You know, I feel like I would love to like shout it from the trees. Like, you know, this is this is my wife or this is my husband, whichever one I decide to do when I do it. You got to wait till I do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you have to catch it when it's hot. Catch it when it's hot. (laughs) Catch it when it's hot. You know, Um, but I think it's important right now in our time, the time that we're living in to not be afraid to be unapologetically yourself. Yeah. And, just and I think, wrong. yeah, and I think especially for, you know, I really think it's important for our, for our black community. We have to love on each other more. We have to accept each other more and stop living in past beliefs. Cause it's not new. Like people was doing this, like, and the sad part is it takes you having kids for your kid to be like, mommy, I'm gay for you to be like, oh my God, I, I, I I guess it's not wrong because I love my child. I can never not right. love my child. Right? Right. And, and we understand that's not the story for everyone. It's not but... the story for everyone. But I mean, maybe you sh- maybe everyone should imagine it that way. Mm-hmm. What if it were your child? Because there are people killing themselves. Today. Taking their lives. Taking their lives. For, because of how they love. Because of how they love and because of not being accepted for how they love. That's the biggest part. Not hating. We didn't say that. Not damaging or hurting right. anyone else. Simply for loving. For loving. And I think that's that's the scariest part. And that's what creates depression. And that's why the statistics are probably higher for those of us who like the same sex. Because there's so much judgment. And there's it's so inclusive that like you you don't have the opportunity to feel like you're a part of this world. Right, because you can't be what you cannot see. That's why we need more women to like love on women. More men to love on men. Yeah, but then, you know, it comes a thing where, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong, but like you said, even with your mindset of saying like, well, it's not something, it's for me, it's private. I'm not boasting it out there. And, you know, I've heard people even ask the question, well, how many times did you have to come out? Like, no one has to come out as straight. But each time you have to say, oh, I'm gay or, oh, right. I like this woman or, right. oh, I like this man. Right. And it's a moment of a presenting each time rather than just existing. Yeah. Um, that's because, no, like you said, it's not being seen. So you have to come out because it's like, how would anyone ever know? You know, it's like... Does well, that you make just sense? can't slide in there and exist. You just with your boo and it's like, okay, that's it. You can, but that's still coming out in a way. In a way. Without saying it, it's still like... But nobody comes out being straight. Nobody's like, oh my God, I'm straight. It's just the norm. Because that's accepted. That is the norm and that's what we have to change. That's what needs to change. Like, the norm is not being straight anymore. The norm is you could be pulled to any energy, really. Energy. I mean, I'm seeing so much these days that it's a little, it's, 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 it's a lot out there. So it's just like, let people live their life. Let them be. And I, I want to shout out to everybody that's just living and being. And hopefully that's encouraging you to just yes. be. Just be, just be, just be, just be. Um, let me see. I want to do this. I have this new, like, segment. 
You know, I want to do this really quickly. I want to give us a couple minutes. Uh, I want you to shed light on this. Okay. I'm going to give you this and I'm going to read it as well. Um, But basically, uh, shed light on this is a game where we're going to give you a scenario Mm -hmm. with a person or we're going to say character who's Mm -hmm. dealing with a particular situation that they don't know how to handle. Now, your task, Ms. Peoples, Uh is to come up with a solution that you believe would work best for the situation. Now, there are no right or wrong answer. There is no right or wrong answer. Uh Only what you feel would work best for the situation. And I want you to give advice based on your life experience. Okay? Now, I'm the game master. So, I'm add and subtract what I feel is right or wrong. Okay, let me me just make this. So, I'm giving you advice as the person in this scenario. No, this person has a scenario. I need you to give them advice based on... Your own experience. Got it, got it, got what it. What you were doing in the situation. Okay. Like okay. Now, like now, would you like to read this along with me or can I just read you the scenario? Just read me the scenario. You see, that's what I'm talking about. She said, I can catch it while it's hot. <laughs> catch it All while right. it's hot. So, Carmen. Mm-hmm. Carmen is an actress in Los Angeles and mm-hmm. she just found out about an acting role she believes she's perfect for. Mm-hmm. Bursting with excitement, she decides to call her best friend, Mary. Yes, Mary. Mary, Mary. who is also an actress, to tell her about her plans to audition. Okay. As soon as Carmen calls Mary to tell her, Mary insists on telling Carmen her good news first. Okay. The news being that Mary is also auditioning for the same role. Okay. Caught off guard, Carmen makes up another reason for why she called Mary. Okay. They both have been trying to land an acting role for months. And okay. now Carmen does not know whether to tell Mary the truth or to go after another role. Erica, can you shed some light on this? Absolutely. First of all, Mary and Carmen, let me just tell you, that is going to happen over and over and over again in this business. The sad part is most women, especially black women, don't like to share the roles that we're doing together. So it becomes competition. But here's the news. Here's the the kicker. Here's the catch it while you're hot, if you may. Yeah, yeah, catch it while it's hot. Um, you're competing no matter what. Yeah. And what is for you is for you. Yeah. No one can take that away from you. Yeah. And you never know. There may be something that you get because you told the person that you got it. The more you give, the more abundance you get back, right? It's, it, it's, a, tri, it's a trifecta effect. You put it out there, it comes back. You give it to somebody else, they receive, that means they give. So I say you let her know that you got the part. And maybe you guys could even work well, on it they together. weren't even talking about they have the part. She's just talking about the fact that sorry, she auditioned. Auditioning for the part. When I say you have the part, meaning like there is a part that you're auditioning for. I couldn't even front. So I had this moment, right? What was it? Central Castings. I had gotten into the final round. Or no, I was auditioning for a Macy's, a national commercial. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I was so excited and... I remember I called one of my good girlfriends at the time. And I was like, girl, they were looking for a curvy girl, plus size girl. And I was like, I'm in. Hello, cheekbones. Hello, eyes. Come through dawn. Mm-hmm. And I told her, and whether her being excited or it, let, let me not say she was not excited for me, what I received. When I told her about the role, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, girl, um, go ahead and kill it. She's like, oh, give me that information so that I can audition. And immediately I felt some type of way, but you know, my mama raised me right. And whatever that means, I found it in my heart. I gave her the information. Now, I went on to go to the, what do they call it when you stand, what is it? Uh, dang. On a veil. I got on a veil. Oh, that's amazing. I know. Why are you yelling, Dawn? I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
<laughs> no, it's good. I got on a veil, but I realized I worked in so much gratitude because I had to remember the same thing that you said. What's for me is for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to block your blessings because if I did not get it, it wasn't mine. I can't take, but I think offering myself a moment of grace to mm-hmm. say, Dawn, as a human, we are still human beings having this spiritual experience. That's not an off feeling to have in the moment. Mm-hmm. but it's how we move forward with that moment. So mm-hmm. it's like, Carmen, I feel you. I feel her on that hesitation. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she should cut herself short. Like, don't cut yourself short just because you don't want to disappoint somebody else. You can't take without who's supposed to be in your mouth to eat. Right, right. So that's, that's what I had to say. So you think she should tell her? Yeah, absolutely tell her. Yeah. But this whole situation of even entertaining the idea uh, to go after another role, that's insane. You just discussed how, you know, in the acting community, the industry, you may not book things for months. Yeah. You had moments where you were in tears like, God, what's about to happen? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we had to shed light on that. So that's dope. That's good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremiah. So that's a new thing, feature that we're going to be putting out there. Like Jeremiah it. came up with that. Because, you know, vitamin D is all about shedding light. It is. Yeah, on the good and the bad. Because if you want to be better and do better, mm-hmm. you got to be able to see better. And you got to get in that light to get some of that vitamin D. Hey, catch it. While it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and we about to catch this vita chest. Okay. Mm. What's in the... We got so a chest? This, this is a little chest here. This is a little chest. Okay. Now, in this chest, Erica, okay. All right. there are terms. Okay. Terms dealing with your career as far as acting, DJing, mm-hmm. just life, all this kind of good stuff. Okay. And I want you to pull a word out here, right? Uh-huh. It's going to have its dictionary definition, but I want you to put some peoples on it. What I mean by that, let's say, for example, if you were a race car driver, mm-hmm. it may say, what does it mean to put your foot to the metal or to put the car in brake? And say sometimes brake means to stop, but sometimes you got to brake in life. Mm-hmm. Break to just get your balance. Break to get your positioning. So that's kind of like the the realm this is in. Do you think you can dig it? Can I, you handle I, it? I can handle it. I mean, she from Detroit. Let's go. All right, shake, shake, shake. All right, here we go. Vita box. Okay. Ooh. Now just don't look. One. Just put your hand in it. Don't look. Swish it around. I hope you get something good. Okay. Now what am I supposed to do? What's the word? Technique. I don't know what that is. Technique. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I can't read, (laughs) y'all. Technique. What does technique mean? And how would you uh, put an inspirational twist on that? Technique means for me... um, Wait, an inspirational twist, you said. So, yeah, in an acting world, technique is considered what? An acting world, technique is considered a skill set that you have, that you work, that you learn to build. Um, so you work, I went to Juilliard to learn what my technique for acting is, meaning how I work best to get to my best work, right? Or what I need to do to get to my best work. And I think you can have technique in life uh, by applying your best self or finding the tools that make you be your best self. So technique, I think, is one of the most important things to have if you want longevity in your career, Um and there are different techniques you can study. There's the Meisner technique. There's the Alexander technique. There is uh, the method technique. All there's different techniques that you can have, but everyone is is a tool that you need to have in your toolkit. Mm. 
and being able to pull those tools out when you're ready. When you're ready. You know, it makes me think about like when people talk about even going to therapy. I can't believe you said technique and I said technique. I'm still. I was wanting to listen and I was I'm like, like straight up go off on. Uh, you know why? Because she capitalized it and I she, really like. She? Oh, did you write this? No. Oh, the magical person that wrote this. Uh, Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah. But I do know how to read y'all. Sometimes. Well, some people would think otherwise. Uh, no, but I, I love this because I think just like when you talk about technique, mm-hmm. when I think about technique, even with life and it being Mental Health Awareness Month of just using your toolbox and even getting a therapist and seeking yeah. therapy. How, what technique are you using mm-hmm. to get through life? Everybody has their process. Uh-huh. And I think this whole idea of making room to figure out how you can fit in and take up your space. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think... Technique gives you is like it's like a it's taking taking life or taking whatever you do to the next level, taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Because if you study, you have to study, you have to work. You know, some things do come to you, but if you in order to have a technique, that means you have to do the work to know what to do, right? Do the work, and the work doesn't stop because as an actor, stop. you never stop learning, right? Never stop learning. I never stop doing the work on myself. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a constant work and life imitates art. I think I'm a better actress now because of the life experience that I've had. And honestly, the timing is so right for me to be able to showcase my art and work and, and receive the work that I'm getting now because now I've lived life. <sighs> so now I can just reenact as opposed to trying to really act like, you know. Art imitates life. Art, art imitates life. Thank you for making room for yourself for that. You know, I was talking to or texting with a friend today and they're dealing with grief. I love your earrings, by the way. Thank you so much. Those earrings are everything. Thank you. Uh I was talking to a friend and uh, experiencing grief and I didn't reply back, but in my thought process of replying back, I was like, I think like in sometimes when we're dealing with any type of mental illness or... um, that if we look at in a place of how it's negatively affecting us is that in our life and what we're feeling, we want things to stop. And life is like, no, we got to keep life in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we get caught up of saying, oh, stop. And then that frustration of figuring out how can I deal with this moment rather than living or breaking through with the moment, I think mm-hmm. that's what stands out. So mm-hmm. just to circle it back. If you are experiencing something like don't be afraid to seek help. In fact, I got a number for you. Um, that's amazing if you got some thoughts you feeling like you're in despair you need somebody to talk to right now well there's a hotline the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline and the phone number is 800-273-8255 that's 800-273-8255 and guess what they're available 24-7 in English and Spanish please do it cannot be if you do not seek Mm, please reach out. If, if you really are going through something, do not be afraid to reach out to someone, anyone, because your life is worth it. You're worth it. You People matter. love you. And don't think, don't ever feel like you don't matter to someone because you always do. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, if you haven't heard it from anyone else, you hear from me. You matter to me. <laughs> you matter to me. Even if I don't know you, I need your love. Mm. So everybody needs to be loved. So don't do that. Reach out. Yeah. Use that number. Give yourself a second chance before it's your last chance. Hey. Catch it. While it's hot. Okay. (laughs) So, um, Erica, what's next? What's going on? What's next? So next I have a movie coming out called Lights Out. 
Um, <laughs> Don't stop. Can't stop. Oh. You know, it's exciting. Uh, Lights Out is, um, it's it's a fight movie starring Frank Grillo, Mackay Pfeiffer, myself. It's going to be a good one, y'all. I'm, I'm excited for that. How do we see it? Uh, so it's going to come to theaters sometime in the fall. So get ready for that. I also have a series coming out that I'm doing called House of Vicious uh, with Tammy Roman, Tiffany Haas, Tiffany Haddish, Tiffany Haas. And we are doing that in sometime in the fall as well. So those two things, those two projects are coming out, which I'm excited about. And it was Tiffany Haas, not Tiffany Haddish, but maybe I'm going to work with her because that. Hey, we've seen what you have manifested. Let's go. I'm ready for you, (laughs) Tiffany. So, yes, I'm really excited about those projects. Don't be looking at uh, my cue cards. Don't be trying to look at I was just looking down. Oh, okay. Don't <laughs> right, be looking at what I'm about to I'm say. I'm really excited you. about those projects, especially Lights Out. I think it's really going to give you a chance to see me on kind of a different caliber of work and I of movie. I heard a lot of that. And working with Makai was just, Makai and Frank, I learned so much from them. It was just, it was great. It was really great. Okay, and are you working on any project with Anton? Are you our producer? Oh song? yes, yes, we are producing something. We are producing a, a series called Real Peoples. <laughs> We're in the works with that right now, so stay tuned to find out what network it's going to be, be on. But Anton, who is my brother, who's also an actor, shout singer. out to Anton. Shout out to Anton. That's how I met her through Anton. <laughs> Anton, we met at a party. Uh-huh. His brother named Lame, and he came up. We, he was over there getting a beverage. I'm getting a beverage. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, you know, we, we saw each other. And he's like, hey, he was like, I like your style. I was like, oh, thank you so much. Then I walked over back to the gym. I said, you know, Lay? He's like, I know Lay. I was like, you were at the party. He was like, yeah. And then, boom, I met Erica at the party. Wow. Yeah. And it was instant connection. Yeah. Instant. Both Aries. They, they are. Uh, we love Geminis, too. Yeah, I am a Gemini, by the way. Everyone, my birthday's coming up. Woo, woo. Hey. Two weeks. Woo, woo. Ooh, May 22nd. Woo. So yes. you already know, make sure you hit her up and say happy birthday. Yes. Also, my brother and I are DJing. Uh, I DJ, taught my brother how to DJ. So we have been DJing together. We have a sh- we have a show we're producing coming up called Love Jones mm-hmm. that we're doing at Soho Warehouse. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be a night of artist renaissance. So it's going to be some live poetry. I'm going to do a little poetry of mine. We got some uh, singers happening. What you doing? Why are you? I'm, I'm recording this. What you recording? So I just, I'm recording. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So Soho, we got so Soho House. We're doing. It's called Love Jones, produced by my brother Anton Peoples and also Kenneth Nelson. And we are going to have some live artists and poetry. And I believe that Dawn <laughs> <coughs> might be stepping on the mic. Might be doing something. I'm just saying. I mean, you might get a little, a little vitamin D real quick. But we know? do have some amazing artists. Let me just mention their names because. They were amazing. So we got Don Day Hi. and myself, Erica Peoples, of course. I had to jump on and do some of that little poetry skill. We had uh, Q, who goes by Q Roy, Q-U-X-R-I-O. Alonzo Slater, he killed it. Anton Peoples, hey. Josh McCoy, Joey Emanuel, Mike Matergat, Erica Rain, and Lauren Lott. Handled it. Handled it. Killed it. So, so is this something that's going to happen often? This is something we would like to keep going. Right now we're doing it at Soho House. Uh, we're The next place would probably be at a restaurant called Verse. Mm. One of my favorite spots in L.A., actually. Um, yeah, we, we do a little jam session live, poetry, music, and then we DJ at the end. It's going to be... It's fire! 
fire. Um, so, okay, we got that. Now, are there any ways, other ways that we can support you? Yes. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, please, at Erica Peoples. That's P-E-E-P-L-E-S, no O. Erica Peoples. Instagram, Facebook, everything. Erica Peoples. Follow me. Hmm. Shout me out. Send me some love. I need it. I love it. I love to give it. I love to receive it. So. And right now, you better check out on BET Plus, BET Trophy Plus, Wife. Trophy Wife. It <laughs> is. I'm so proud of this movie. I'm so proud of the work. I think you guys will all enjoy it. As all kind of plots and twists, you think you know what's going on, but you have no idea. You have no idea. I'm telling you, I looked at the end. I was like, oh! Mm-hmm. I, listen. Mm-hmm. Let me stop. Okay. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. I couldn't wait to come here. First of all, we're, from, we're both from Detroit. Right. It's an opportunity to really talk and just mm-hmm. let people know who I am, where I come from, what's going on, and get people tapped into other things that are important, like yeah. mental health. and Being a representation yeah. for the queer community. Yeah. Like LGBT. Love you lots. Thank Love you. Love is going LGBT. I manifested <laughs> our relationship. I'm glad that we are connected. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful. Too. Thank really you. Am. Me too. I think you're pretty great. Aww. You're the dawn of the day. Hey, when it's a new dawn, it's a new day. day. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, I appreciate you for listening to um, and joining this conversation. I hope you got something from it. I do. I hope you guys did. I hope you did. And I hope if 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 anything is going on, if you feel like you can't identify, you don't know who you are, you feel lost, just know that there is someone else out there who's feeling the same way. Everyone goes through something. Something. I go through things. I've had challenges. I've had a hard time trying to identify with my sexuality for years. And I am okay. And I am happy. And I am loved. Hey! Hey. So listen, you got an idea for us to talk about? Or perhaps you want to be on the show? I want you to email us. Vitamin D at dawndayspeaks.com We're growing. We're getting better. We're evolving. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, we want to hear from you. Okay? And then also, you know... um about our vitamin D advice letters. If you need advice on love, relationship, your career, purpose, anything, shoot me an email and you know I'm going to keep it real with you. Because mm-hmm. what do I say? If you want to be better and you want to do better, you have to be able to see better. And that's shedding light on the good and the bad or what we can say the not so good, okay? Because I want the best for you. Plus, if you're seeking it from me, hey, I'm going to love on you the right way, okay? Also, you know... I plan to be here for a long time. So we can might as well jump on the bandwagon while we're here. If you enjoyed yourself, if you enjoyed listening to this conversation, tell somebody to tell somebody to tell somebody else that Dawn Day got a podcast. It's Vitamin D with Dawn Day, and it's available wherever you get your favorite podcast, okay? And tell them, come on in here, have a good conversation. Have some water, have a little sake, have a little coffee. A little something. Just kick it. And some good energy. Some good energy. Yeah. A good conversation. Let's heal the world. And, and if you want to see what we're talking about, you know, catch some memes, uh, some quotes, video. We're on social media everywhere. Vitamin yeah. D Dawn Day. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, what have you. Fan base. Fan yes. base. I'm going to um, go ahead and Instagram this. Vitamin D Dawn Day. Okay. And if you want some of my goodness, make sure that you follow me. I'm back on social media right now at Dawn Day. Back on, you've been off? I was off for a couple of Here with Dawn Day doing interviews with Dawn of the Day. (laughs) Hey, y'all. So, uh, you know, I'm going to step out of here. But you know, I always say, I'm in the business of making dreams come true. And I damn sure ain't going to forget about mine. Mm. So until next time, always remember, you are your greatest asset.
Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. And I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 